Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 12.34 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you again. Ken Holland, Oilers General Manager, coming up around 1.15 today. Uh, they're just doing, uh, the whole world has changed. They're just about to start a, a Zoom interview uh, uh, process with uh, some of the guys that were on the ice today. The Oilers first unit power play uh, group doing a little bit of extra work. This is Oilers now. It is 1235. Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie and Taylor that Oilers now sent you. That's right. And all the gang at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. We're going to go to our Oilers now headliner for touchback safety. Your safety's their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. Uh, last week, he told us uh, about uh, Edmonton Oilers owner Daryl Cates. Is, uh, I guess, uh, what, would, what would you describe that, John, as a, uh, a bit of a... A rallying cry in turn, a couple of weeks ago back uh, for Edmonton when p- many people thought Vegas was in the absolute driver's seat. And, uh, well, here we are two weeks later. Boom, Friday night, we all uh, saw what happened. Any surprise, first of all, from you? 79% players, 100% uh, ratified for ownership. No. No, not really. By the way, I, what I would call Daryl's uh, 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 discussion at the Board of Governors as a reality check more than anything else it was here's how safe we are um here and and let's face it nevada's gotten worse since uh uh since since uh, that decision was made and and it also speaks to the volumes of what a good facility uh the arena in edmonton is so from from that perspective that's what i think daryl i think daryl did uh, both of those things told them how good his arena was and Told them how safe Edmonton was. So from from that perspective, not, nothing nothing surprised me on on uh, on Friday. Uh, you knew when uh, when both the executive committee of the of the Players Association and Gary and Bill went to the board that they were going to get approval. They don't take votes to the board without <laughs> knowing that they have enough votes. So from that perspective, uh, and 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 let's face it, the owners uh, have been meeting every two weeks. Right. Since the uh, since the pause, 
Uh, and he has he he the commissioner has kept them up to date of where they are progressing, what they need, how they need to go through. So this to me was just another step towards uh, completion of phase three and then hopefully phase four. Uh, I talked uh, via Twitter. I, I know you put your tweet out Monday on uh, Daryl Cates's uh, sort of speaking to the Board of Governors, and I spoke on Friday about the fact that Edmonton's not in the position to be a, a hub city uh, without the Cates push for the downtown entertainment arena district. It also complimented Jason Kenny and Don Iveson and Dr. Dina Hinshaw for their support, and Hinshaw obviously a huge role. Mitch has texted the show to say, Bob, you're 100% correct with Cates. Uh, without Cates's development of Ice District and the JW Marriott, there's no way in the world that Edmonton gets the hub. John Shannon, we had people text the show that said, no, Edmonton would have been in the mix with a hub if they had been at uh, Rexall Place. What would you say to that? No chance. No chance. No chance. Um, We are talking about uh, 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 procedures and protocols that will exist uh, on the event level at uh, at the arena now that uh, just could not have happened at uh, at at, uh, at the old Coliseum. Uh, this this was all designed based on what uh, Bettman has talked about for so long of back of house. Yep. And quite frankly, uh, the 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 two newest arenas in the NHL, Little Caesars in Detroit, Rogers Place in Edmonton, have the best back of house period and that because there's a lot of space to work there's a lot of ability there's tons of dressing rooms uh this to me was uh in many ways if the arena had been and and let's face it the one in vegas is very good too uh but uh the the convincing needed to be not because of the arena not because of the of the hotel but because of the perception of edmonton uh, and I think that that's in the end uh, what uh, Daryl helped to get them through that perception as well. Did Kenny play a factor in this, Jason Kenny, Alberta Premier? I, I think, you know, when it comes to working with cooperation with the league, I, I think Dr. Henshaw and, and the Premier did what they had to do. It was very similar to what happened in, in British Columbia. The procedures and the questions that the medical committee that the NHL put together along with Bill Daly, a driving force, and Julie Grand, who's the senior VP there. Um, they, they've asked a ton of questions. They talked about protocols, and both the, and both medical directors in, in BC and Alberta were directly involved, uh, Dr. Henry and, uh, in, in BC and Dr. Henshaw in, uh, in Alberta. And quite frankly, was that uh, there was a, the difference of opinion there was that Dr. Henry, there was a feeling that she wanted to inject herself into the protocol of the tournament. Uh, whereas uh, Dr. Hinshaw's words were, well, we will make this work. And that was a very important aspect uh, for the uh, the people uh, from the Players Association and from the NHL. Well, we have texters that actually believe that by the players coming here, they're going to take away from testing opportunities from citizens in Alberta. In, in Alberta specifically. Not, we know that's not true. That, right. That's not true. They, they have, uh, the NHL has hired a private company to do their own testing. Uh, there is no way that that would happen. I mean, we, funny, Bob, we went through that here in Ontario in 2002 with the SARS epidemic. And, uh, uh, and, and that became a huge issue back then. Uh, and I think that that was a learning lesson yeah. for professional sports, particularly to the NHL, was that there's no way that, that, that players or management of professional sports teams should jump the queue. 
and I think the NHL has been very aware of that for the last 18 or 19 years, and there was no way they were going to be able to jump the queue again. And this is the point where Bob reminds you of the fact that Alberta's done over 500,000 tests and BC's around 200,000 tests right now, despite the fact that Alberta's got 800,000 fewer people. John Shannon joining us, our NHL insider. John worked in TV for years. John, we've had people asking us, will the Oilers logo be on the ice? Uh, we're looking at a whole new setup here over at Rogers. We don't even have access to our broadcast location where we do our show from uh, during the season on game days and where Jack and me call games from. This is an NHL event this is the edmonton is the hub city edmonton is the host city but edmonton all all it's an nhl event the orders are not the home city are they yeah no that's a good point and and i must admit um i I did not give that any thought uh about where the whether the Oilers logo was going to be on the ice we know that there's going to be the regular artwork for the stanley cup playoffs right where there's going to be artwork for the the name of the arena uh, uh, and uh, quite frankly, I, I, I'm going to actually go out on a limb and assume that the Oiler logo will be on the ice. Okay. Uh, because I, I, I just, I, just something tells me that the, that that when you go to two different arenas that are host, not only host cities but home cities for our teams, uh, that that will exist. But again, I, and but you know, the more you think about it, the more logical it is. If you have a, have the NHL logo on the ice for both of them, that makes some sense as well. Well, I guess where I'm going with this is the fact that the Oilers are not the home team. They're not guaranteed their dressing room for every game. That's what I'm led to believe. Is that correct? That's right. Well, I mean, they're going, they're going to be, although I, 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 I think there's going to be an assignment of, t- of dressing rooms. And I mean, because in the end, health and safety are, are, are going to be key, particularly when all 12 teams are involved at, uh, over a, over a 10 day period. Um, the one thing I would I would say is that uh, it'll be interesting to see when the Oilers are the visiting team and uh, how long will it take for the players to get used to making sure they change lines first or when Dave Tippett looks down the bench and tries to wait for the other coach and, and he has to wait uh, he has to wait for uh, uh, the Blackhawks to make their change before he can do his or vice versa because First two games of uh, of the uh, the best of five will be Edmonton will be home ice and the, the next two will be the Blackhawks will be home ice and then game five the Oilers will be home ice. Uh, John Shannon joining us, our NHL insider Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. It is currently 12:44 in Edmonton. John Larry Brooks wrote a piece. Uh, on the CBA negotiations and basically said the players lost big. The NHLPA lost big. Now, I, f- I found it interesting. Uh, Alan Walsh has been at times a very outspoken critic of the NHL. He he likes this deal. And usually that's a pretty good barometer for me because if anybody's going to, you know what, and whine about something and or let's, let's say present a different perspective, a player-friendly perspective, it's going to be Alan Walsh, Alan Walsh. So if he thinks it's good, I think it's good. Were you a little surprised? Did, I don't know if you saw Larry's piece, but I think I, did, yeah. I, I think given the situation that we're in and the challenges that we're going to have moving forward here, John, I, I think this deal makes a lot of sense for both parties involved. I think it does too, and I think you have to probably judge it, Bob, in in, in two time periods: the first two years and the last four. Um, you know, it's going to take two years for business to adjust. And I'm not, I, again, I'm not just talking hockey. It's going to take every business two years 
to either to get back to where we were before the pandemic or to find a new level. Uh, and hockey and professional sports are, are no different. Uh, and I think that in many ways what happened was, the, I, think, I think Don Fear realized that and realized that from a Players Association point of view and used whatever leverage he had was to say, listen, we will buy in for two years to help the business get back to a level that works for both of us. But you have to be fair with us on escrow. You have to be fair with us on a few other things. And then if you look past the last four years, I think there's a huge assumption that we're business as usual. I think that you are going to be talking about the new NBC, ESPN, and I think there's going to be another tier of broadcasting in the United States. We're going to look at that, and we're going to look at a rates deal that was at $200 million that I think their fingers crossed they're going to get to $800 million, and all of a sudden a lot of the business comes back. And at that point when business comes back, the escrow is down at 6%, and the players will end up being pretty good winners at that point. There are, This was... This was a CBA renegotiation done in full crisis because nobody, and there's still a lot of question marks, nobody knows what the future is going to bring, particularly the short-term 18 to 24 months. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't, I mean, I think realistically, if we're, in, and that's something that we have to address here, and people are Texas on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, John, we still got to get to the hub cities. I mean, that is a major concern for the league, isn't it, based on what's happened in other sports? I mean, I think that we, you know, the the 26th of July is one of the, one of those dates where you look at it and say, okay, are the boys on the charters to Edmonton and Toronto? And if they are, then that's the next threshold okay. for the business. That's the next time you say, oh, where there's the next step. You know, are they there and ready to go? Can they? You know, are we going to be talking about players? Uh, missing events like like a couple of the guys in practice around the league today. I guess you'd put Caleb Jones on that list. Um, you wonder about what, what their health is, but the next step will be when the teams are on their charters, their private flight, on their way to Edmonton and Toronto. Yeah. Uh, John, this week, uh, I think it was on Saturday, the Washington Post, Samantha Pell wrote a piece, um, and she quoted... Uh, Basically, the, the uh, a couple specialists in the states uh, on the pandemic, and they inferred that the best bet of the major professional sports that's returning to play here, that the best scenario is the National Hockey League. What would you say to that? Um, well, I mean, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not an expert, and I am biased. So, uh, I mean, that, that, to, to me, that's encouraging. That uh, that the that the the specialists think that hockey's done it, but I also think that uh, the unsung heroes of this in the NHL are the uh, that group of doctors that have been working in concert with the NHL and with with the PA to get this done. And I so I hope that at a certain point we're able to uh, take a look at what they've done and, and the recommendations they've made and the protocols they've put in place because they've done all the heavy lifting as far as making sure the players can be safe and be ready to play. Uh, but it sounds like the medical committee that the NHL's put together has done a marvelous job in getting a, getting the game and the hub cities ready. Yeah, Samantha uh, got a specialist by the name of Zach Benny from the Oxford College at Emory University. The direct quote was, I don't know what greater indictment you need of the United States' response to the virus and the NHL's picking up its puck and retreating to Canada. Uh, <laughs> 
that was a smart decision by the NHL. That was a very smart decision. And Peace went on to say that might have the best bet. So uh, we hope that's the case. All right, let's get to – I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay? I mean, it's early. It's early. But um, who do you think's the favorite in the East? Boston. Well, that makes for I, crappy I, radio. I, 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 just, I just think, but, well, I, I, start, I really went out on a limb, I know. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, I, I, don't, I, I, can't, I don't think you can understate the chemistry of that team, particularly their big line. I'm with you. Uh, and and, uh, and if, if Pasternak is able to play, he didn't dress, he didn't dress at practice today, uh, but I think he's still in quarantine from tra- traveling. Yeah. Um, so from from that perspective, I think when you have Bergeron and Marchand and Pasternak with their chemistry, even if they've been off the ice uh, for 150 days, they can still create magic. And I think that that's why the Bruins are, to me, uh, the favorite in the East. Yeah, I'm 100% all day with you. And I have a theory sometimes about teams that lose in the final year before that are really good, that uh, often they have the juice necessary to kind of take it over the hump the next year. What about out west? Who do you like? Um, I'm going to remove the Oilers from it from now just because if I pick the Oilers, I sound like a homer. Okay. Uh, but uh, well, let uh, me be that homer. <laughs> no, not because that's your job. It's not mine. Right, right. Um, and, and I like Colorado, and I like St. Louis, and I really like St. Louis uh, because I just when you have that ability and you have gone through a grind as recently as the Blues did to win the Cup, if you're healthy, and everybody sounds like everybody's healthy, uh, including Vladdy Tarasenko. That's a big they one. They become a huge, they become a huge, huge favorite. And I would not be surprised to see uh, on the ice at Edmonton for the Stanley Cup final, I would not be surprised to see a rematch of last year. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, too, think Colorado's a very deep, quick team. Uh, I do think the Oilers have some ch- a chance to make some noise here. Absolutely all day. think that Edmonton could no, be... There's no question. But, he, but here's the, here will be the challenge. And I, and I know the teams, the, the four teams that get the bye are playing in their little round-robin tournament, and I think that's yeah. really nice, and it makes some sense. But, you know, now it used to be 16 games to win the Stanley Cup, and now yeah. with the Oilers, it's going to be 19. Yeah. Um, and it, and the, the toll it's going to take on bodies before you even get to the Stanley Cup final for those teams that have to go to the preliminary round, have to go to the play-in uh, round, that to me, that, that just puts a lot, another level of onus on those teams to in, in order to try to stay healthy, and that's a difficult thing. You know, John, the funny thing is, uh, if you take a look at how things are playing out, if we'd been able to continue to play and hadn't had COVID, I think that St. Louis would have been a longer shot because they wouldn't have had Tarasenko, the start of the playoffs, and now it's a different world. Of course, they're not going to have Bo Meester, uh who was a big part of that team last year, but they've had time to readdress it, and they're deep on defense anyway. So they're going to be tough to beat. Colorado's really deep at forward on the wings, and it can really skate. Um and I think Edmonton's got a chance to make some noise as well. Who are you taking, by the way, Calgary and Winnipeg? Um, I like I, I, I like Winnipeg because of the goaltending. You know, I mean, I I, I mean, Connor Hallibuck. Uh, you know, even even as we went through the pause, you you talked to people and you went through and looked at numbers, and the amount of people that talked about him for even as a Vezina candidate. Is that they would have they would have had a like they had a they had a rather unsuccessful regular season in my opinion when you consider the pedigree of the team, 
And they would have been in much worse shape if Hellebuck hadn't been that good. To me, Connor Hellebuck might be a, one of those guys uh, at his position that could be a difference maker for the Jets. Oh, I think there's no question about that. And it's interesting, Travis Hamannick, I'm hearing some people think that he may end up actually in Winnipeg with the Jets next season. John, we appreciate your time. We'll talk on Wednesday. Okay, Bob, looking forward to it. Absolutely, 12.53 at Edmonton. We'll take a two-minute timeout. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Chet. All right, thank you very much. And uh, Mike Smith, quote-unquote, in the starter's net. Uh, my guess is we'll see him get the uh, the first start in between the pipes. He's kind of Dave Tippett's guy, but it's been a 50-50 proposition. Entirely possible that uh, Miko Koskinen, well, if Edmonton advances at all, Miko Koskinen is going to get some time in. There's no question about that. 12.56 in Edmonton. Again, we got to get there. we got to get to the point where the, the other 11 uh, teams, eight of which are coming from the United States, um, make it into Edmonton as a hub city. It's a great thing, though. Great thing that Edmonton ended up uh, in the mix as a hub. All right. All season long, and you know what? Over the course of the last 17 weeks, James H. Brown and Associates never stop supporting Oilers Now. As we go to an extended Oilers Now injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Back at the 630 Chad Studios, here's Brendan Escott. Tampa Bay Lightning captain Steven Stamko suffered a lower body injury, will be limited to start training camp. He did fully recover from that core muscle surgery he had back in March, but he hurt himself again during voluntary workouts. Flyers forward and former second overall pick Nolan Patrick not listed on the training camp roster for Philadelphia. He has missed all of this season with a migraine disorder. Uh, their priority with Nolan Patrick is to uh, prepare him for next year at this point. That's according to GM Chuck Fletcher. Jets forward Brian Little will not play again this season. Remember, he took a puck to the ear back on November 5th and tests back in June indicated he will need some more time and as I mentioned before, David Pasternak not on the ice this morning in Boston neither was Andre Kasha, they acquired him mid-season from Anaheim Alright, uh, Brendan did you happen to see The Old Guard it's now out on Netflix with Charlize Theron I didn't. I watched Athlete A last night instead, not the old guard. All right. Well, I highly recommend uh, if you want some uh, somewhat mindless, uh, mindless entertainment, and if you're listening to this show, many would accuse you of being that type of person on a day-to-day basis. Just kidding. I'd, I'd just be the host of the show. That's a, a mindless guy and not at all that entertaining. Anyhow, the old guard. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Ken Holland coming up at 115 today. Reed Wilkins at 135. We'll get to some texts and and uh, maybe a couple clips as well as they've wrapped up the Oilers' Zoom interviews. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.